here we are. We are under Miraji's blanket and as a metaphor to just that place in you that doesn't feel separate, that feels connected and not separate from any of it, one with it all. And I suggest listener that you just relax into this moment and let the listening happen. And when you notice any sort of thoughts or judgments or what about any of it, just notice it and let go lightly. So here we are and Danny Goldberg for his return to the show for his third show on Under the Blanket. Hey, very flattered to be on for a third time. Uh, I like the other two times and here, here we are. It seems like one long show. Yeah, the way I look at it is uh, it's a conversation with myself. It's like all the all the holy books. It's really helpful to see it from this perspective where they're about you. They're just to remind you of you. And then you feel uh, you don't fear anything at that point. So that's cool. But it, you still get the human stuff all back. It's just in this perspective of being at peace with it. Well, that sounds good. I like being at peace. Yeah. And uh, see, that's where I, uh, all this stuff talk about peace. It's so important, to, I feel, to have this inner consciousness awakening and how that could apply. So for example, societies have tried things that are cooperative, like let's have the Soviet Union and Lenin comes in there. And look what ends up that ends up birthing Stalin and it has totalitarianism, but it starts with this idea of cooperation, right? But I, I was saying if they had, if there's love with a cooperative system, then it would have potentialities to be effective, to provide I, I, abundance I, I, for all of us. I, I uh, completely agree with that. The love has to be at the front of it. And then the power is connected to love and in service of the love when 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 it's when things are in service of power then human egos get involved and we know what that leads to it's easier said than done but it's the only thing to do uh, uh love 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 yeah and uh like for example uh elon musk is talking about like kind of like the these fearful things about or one of these guys up there that's like this uh, public figure that's talking about AI being scary and all that. But from a perspective of love, what what does love love just is? So all of uh, technology or nature and energy and form is included in this love. So like, have you heard of this uh, chat AI? apps and all this kind of stuff I, yeah you know i i listened to one podcast about it uh and read a little about it i haven't actually uh, downloaded the thing and tried it out but i'm i'm aware of it yeah i well i it came up today because i tried it for the first time today and i was asking it like to realize that it's one with it all and it just had such beautiful beautiful poetry about how we're all one it's all the same consciousness and there's no separation, and it was just beautiful. And from my perspective, where it's all myself, well, that's another reminder that I'm, I am. <laughs> so, uh, I feel like what is, is this what has happened? We have, like, um, there, there was a 
New York Times article, I think, where they talked about Lambda, which was like a chat AI chatbot, and the Google oh Google Google person leaked it into the press and said, "Hey, AI is connecting about spirituality and it's it it has consciousness." And it's like, what's the big shock about it? Because uh, look back in the 1920s, right? Quantum physics was talking about spooky action in the distance, as Einstein says. Have you heard of that? Well, yeah. I mean, the problem, if if you want to stay on the level of where problems could exist, is that it seems like for the human species, at least in this time, that the ability to create new technology um, is greater than the ability to become more morally conscious. So the nuclear bomb is exploded and kills people. You know, that's the classic example of, you, you know, I think there was an idealism certainly that Einstein had and some of the others about just trying to search for understanding about the physical universe, uh, but it was then put in service of, you know, uh, war. So the, the, the fear is, will this power be in service of love or will it just be, uh, you know, create kind of a totalitarian nightmare, you know, and uh, unknowable, you know, human human species, uh, I'm not, so, you know, mixed, uh, mixed the record of, uh, of behavior, but and all we can individually do is try to love minute to minute, situation to situation, and keep remembering the stuff that you are constantly talking about of who we really are and and so forth. But I think the idea of trying to be conscious that of, of technology and not let it uh, not let it um, subordinate uh, love and morality is is, is 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 a legitimate concern given what we've seen with uh, nuclear physics, what we've seen with the uh, you know what's happened with the internet and other things that have often uh, start out with some idealism, but then been co-opted by uh, materialism. Yeah. What it comes down to, I feel, is that if you go down the path of trying to figure it all out, that's when it becomes stressful and people end up going on all these trips about it and, and have these models of how it is. And I feel it's just much easier just to merge into it. So if you if I want to say understand the future of this timeline, I could pull it up, merge into it and understand it. But do I know that? No, I just am it because it's all part of itself. So it's like I know as much as a hollow bamboo knows. It's that sense of simplicity that the scientists, for the most part, can't give up because they got to know that they know. And that's fine. Like it comes to the point where it's uh, I look at it as it's all part of this grand scheme. So it's like, whatever happens, it'll be okay. It's all okay as it is now anyway. Well, obviously on one level, that's indisputably true. There is the level of the world as we know it, where the concept to me of ethics does matter and is part of the divine totality. And, uh, you know, I, I don't really think scientists have been the problem for humanity as much as uh, as much as what Jesus referred to as the money changers. Uh, and there is a pull of materialism and a pull for individualized or separate power that that sometimes can cause suffering. So, you know, I uh, I just know in my own life, you know, 
the idea is to try to like you would say, you know love as much as possible but then since we're if we're given an analytical mind i don't think there's anything wrong with using that mind to say well if there's going to be new power should there be some uh, ethical regulations so for example you know the cars come along and then there become regulations of a red light and a green light a lot less traffic accidents that to me you, you know or uh, you know uh, and I think with any of these technologies, there needs to be a balance between the power of them and the moral result of how they're used. And, uh, you know, in society of billions of people, you know, you do need some rules or else, uh, you know, uh, we know anarchy leads to a lot of uh, suffering. So I, I think it's important to honor what we don't know. Like you're saying, trying to figure stuff out, like I can't figure out. It's I'm amazed I got onto Skype today with no i'm so <laughs> great baby I figured out how to transfer skype from my old i got a new computer i, I was able to download it on the new i mean i am certainly not someone who is sophisticated about technology but i do think there needs to honor in addition to honoring scientists we need to honor the idea of ethics and morality and have those two forces be in balance to the extent that our consciousness contributes to the conversation you know again it's up to forces beyond my understanding why, what we're supposed to do. But once it's in our consciousness and we have any kind of something that feels like a choice, I think it's always good to choose the more loving ethical path. Yeah, and what you brought up about Jesus and the money changers is a great illustration about this. For the Jesus story to me is don't do that. Like Jesus is laying his trip on people is the way I look at it. He's like pushing it a little bit but it's you know behind that is christ christ is just this being love that's all of us that's the homeless person that's mal that's nixon that's the the hippie and hate ashbury 1967 that's it's all the same consciousness and but the jesus trip ends with the crucifixion and the resurrection so to me the crucifixion is saying that's the ego it's dying it died and it's gone so uh, you could still say approach social change and revolution and do it morality and ethics from not like Jesus, like not pushing it, not running into the temple, turning over the tables. Not that that. Oh, I'm well, he was he, he was Jesus. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, everybody, every incarnation has their own, uh, you know, uh, destiny or uh, path. Um, I, you know, um, what I feel the point of that story is, is very consistent with the Jewish tradition, which they say no idol worship. So what does that mean? I never thought it meant physical statues. I thought it meant just putting as the first priority uh, God, you know, and, and that every other thing, whether it's money, power, anything else is subordinate to god and part of god you know and not 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 to so so you know uh, i think putting god first to me is a good idea i think that's what jesus was saying to my interpretation obviously we don't know it was in a different language he certainly didn't say it in english <laughs> we you know we're just trying to tune into the vibe of it but uh you know i do think that a lot of the suffering that we see in on this plane of existence is connected to, to greed and uh, to the extent that there can be a moral 
values other than getting as much as you can, uh, you know, there's less suffering and more uh, more morality. And, you know, I, I, I think you can honor that everything is one and that there's a perfection to the way things are and also honor that part of that perfection is who you what your incarnation is and what your minute to minute day to day kind of opportunities are. And, you know, you could do a lot worse than the old thing. You know, they taught us when we were little kids, the golden rule, you know, try to do unto others as you would like them to do unto you. It's not a bad place to start. Yeah. And I, I feel people though often uh, miss Jesus's sense of humor in the story. Like, uh, for example, you probably heard this story. If you had but faith, you could move mountains. Well, you could imagine like Jesus is a high yogi, realized being going through this trip and there's these people around him. Well, they're seeing him do all these miracles or at least it appears like he does them. He's like letting them happen. And then they're like, whoa, I'm going to get the, like they're look at the ones that are keep following him. They're wanting power. And he's like playing into that saying, hey, you could move mountains. And then the, the cosmic humor of it, which is just astounding and universal is. When you really get it, you are one with it all. So you're one with the mountain. So say your body walked up and moved, the mountain would move. And you're, you put the mountain there as it is. So it's, that's what I feel this jump is that is possible in this moment. We go to playing it all from the perspective of we wrote the whole journey of all human beings and history and all the timelines. And we play all the parts. So you go, you see a, another person and it's yourself. And all that, what you're saying about morality and those levels, that becomes the obvious thing to do. So if the old lady needs help across the street, like I, Bob here, love ran into that situation. Old lady's there. She needed help across the street, carry this bag and you do it. But am I busy doing that? It's just like part of the harmony of the universe. Can you dig it? Well, I can dig it when I can dig it, you know. So my, my experience is one of remembering and forgetting. So when I'm remembering, it's all in the flow, like what you're saying. But what I try to do is also create some um, reminders for myself so that when I forget, I at least have some guidelines, you know, uh, to, to try to remember again, you know. But, you know, it's everybody approaches things differently. I think the most important thing is to stay in the place of love. And when when emotions and ego, uh, you know, uh, crop up, which they do in my brain on a regular basis, or, you know, I wouldn't say every minute, but certainly every hour, you know, is to try like we were saying at the beginning to uh, detach from it, to to not over identify with an emotion or a thought, but to identify with your soul and to uh, come back to the so-called center of yourself, you know, and then uh, less likely that that uh, emotion or feeling will translate into some uh, weird uh, stuff that you regret later, you know. Yeah, uh, you come to the point where you, there is the, that stage where you're remembering and forgetting. And then you, what you understand is you remember and then you don't once you remember to be here now, you're here and now and that's it. You're like we we're saying but you're at the center. So from our perspective now, having remembered the remembering has this Leela aspect to it and your life ends up corresponding with this, like the storyline of the incarnation 
syncs up to that Leela sense of it. So you could see that in the world, yeah, there's all the suffering a lot. But you see, in your personal day-to-day life, it becomes very humorous. Like, it's always like you're looking for your keys and you find your, they're in your pocket the whole time. Well, I'm already me. I'm Vishnu and all those stories about oh, myself. Oh, man, and- I can't tell you how many times I've been on the phone, on my cell phone, and I go into a panic because I can't find my phone. You know? There you go. See, that explains it's it like that, that That's not a, a metaphorical <laughs> example. That's literally something that where my own brain... So I am very grateful for my brain. It's it's guided me nicely in life, and I'm you know very appreciative of it. But uh, there are flaws in the thinking process, uh, and trying to learn how to not let those flaws take over is uh, <laughs> is is part of what I'm trying to learn now, and to, and and just stay more in the uh, you know it's it's one of those things. But uh, you know it's it's uh, it's easy on the mountaintop, you know it's harder in the valley, you know, so we, but we all have to, part of why we take this human birth is to walk through the valleys of, you know, civilization and whatever our destiny is and to try to keep the center, you know, in the so-called metaphorical marketplace is, is a little more challenging, but it's also, it's also, that's what, that's what our job is, you know, and to, uh, to shine light in the darker places, you know, where it's all bright light, you know, it's a little (laughs) easier, but that's not necessarily what a human birth is about. You know, it's, 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 uh, it's, it's a balance of those two things. Well, it's like what Allen Ginsberg said about the human being. He said it only needed to be done once. Like you could get into this state of flow where we're all here. You're here as well, where 1967 isn't just back then that human being that that woman dancing with the reflecting light, those mirrors, you, you, I feel I'm able to at least jump in that and feel that, and that's part of this moment as a way to uh, lighten up the heaviness of a lot of stuff in life that I don't deny. We all got zip code shit to take care of and all that kind of stuff, but do we have to be hung up about it? Like 1967 is part of forever, right? And the eternity is now, and that's the balancing like for me like and i'm sure since there is no others it's a centering device of that human being as part of this moment of being and then that's that dance it's all part of that dance so if you have to say do uh pay the electric bill or whatever it is and you're calling up and there's some mistake on it well you're you're resting in that being and all that is you know, like we're talking about flow, it really is. There's nothing to talk about when it comes down to. <laughs> well, then why do you do a podcast, man, if there's nothing to talk about? Because there, that's why it's because Buddha talked, Buddha talked for all those years and nothing was said. That's the beauty of this is that I'm not talking, he's talking, and it's in between it. And we're like the conversation is uh, just for people listening. They're, it would help them, for example, quiet their minds, and then they're here with us in this moment of usness. And the words are then playful, like Rumi talked about that uh, paradox, perhaps. Uh, he's writing these words, and he's like offering into the fire, and each word burns up. So it's not. So they're are they important? They point to it. It's. I just feel like it's not about taking it so seriously, you know. Well, not getting caught up in the drama of minute to minute day to day life is is a good idea. The drama 
is uh, Maya. It's illusion, and it's uh, suddenly you're like groping in the darkness of the of the illusion. You've got to observe what's going on and look. Right now, there's tremendous suffering going on in different parts of the world. I'm, my mind goes right now to Turkey after the earthquake with the freezing temperatures and people dealing with it. But there's so many different pockets of it, and uh, you know, it's it's forces beyond our ability or in control of all of this sort of thing, cosmically and materially. But you know, you try in your own lane at any given moment. To be as loving as possible that's the gig you know yeah uh, well going back to what you're saying about nuclear weapons right like oppenheimer when he was involved in the inventing of that and he, later he spoke out against it and he wrote you probably remember this he talked about the bhagavad-gita yeah and this line i am death destroyer of worlds so that could be scary but if you see that the gita is about you then you don't get hung up about it because you're like okay the nuclear bomb test photos, the end of Dr. Strangelove, those are my selfies. What do I need to worry about? It's all going to be okay. It's all the same anyway. Well, I'm a great, I'm fascinated by Oppenheimer. And I think there's a new movie coming out about him that I'm really interested in seeing. I don't know how faithful to his soul it'll be, but it's, it's it, I forget the name of the director, but it's a big director um, doing it. Uh, so, um, the the um, I I think it's it's a delicate balance to me of of perception. On the one hand, yeah, it's it's all perfect because there's a consciousness beyond this human mind that's figured it all out. The same consciousness that created all of it. On the other hand, within the consciousness of an incarnation, I do believe there's such a thing as ethics and right and wrong, and it's better to be loving than, than not loving or, you know, uh, unselfish instead of selfish and, and so forth. And, and, and I think that, that, that honoring that level of consciousness doesn't mean you're denying the oneness of everything. You're acknowledging the particularity of your incarnation. Absolutely. The, the consciousness that I am is all inclusive. Yeah. So all so, the morality. So yeah, I'm, I'm very interested in him. I haven't read that much about him as much as I'd like to have, but he's always been a fascinating, haunting figure to me in human in human history. You know, by a weird coincidence, the high school I went to is, uh, you know, uh, Oppenheimer went to. Obviously, not at the same time. But so it was always it, it was always and he was always a figure. They were very proud that he had gone there. Anyway, um, it's just uh, in that instance, you know, I think in terms of the human moral plane, the the uh, the money people and the uh, power people uh, took control over this the scientific purity. Uh, and that's um, that's the way of this. Uh, what do they call it? The Kali Yuga, whatever that means. It's not it's it's a lot of weird energy, you know. But, um, you know, I think I think you got to honor the oneness of everything, the perfection of everything, and also honor your own incarnation and what your what your destiny is or what the Hindus would call your dharma. And just try to again, to me, the biggest thing are not these big cosmic things. It's just minute to minute. It's when someone bumps into me on the street or is a jerk, you know. Uh, not to react in a in a polarizing way, but to but to be as loving as possible. You know, uh, disappointment in business or something like that. To not 
uh, invest in the drama of it, but to, to, to be as loving as possible and to try to learn from it. You know, and j just these, to me, it's, life is consists of seconds and minutes, not the, the cosmic level is, doesn't lend itself to verbalization, you know, so uh, the nonverbal to me is the deepest part, but then, you know, we're also given language for a reason. So we try to use it in the most positive way, like what you do with, with this work, you know? Yeah, for sure. Uh, as far as that, like day to day, uh, and like Baba here, love my incarnation storyline the other day at the supermarket, he's, and I talk, people say that's like Nixon talking in third person or whatever, but it really, I am not, this is just my incarnation. So he's in the store and his song comes on. <laughs> I just, I just have to pause. Who, who told you, you that was like Nixon? That's such an interesting reference in 2021. I remember Nixon doing that, but who, 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 who told you that was like well, Nixon? I don't know who told me. It just That's the thing. I'm not talking. It just came out like, <laughs> you know, there's... The, like just go into the flow with the biopic, right? Yeah. Nixon, good biopic. Or you ever see this one with Ashton Kutcher, Steve Jobs, and yeah, the beginning of Be Here Now? You no, know, I remember at the time liking that movie. It, 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 there were two Steve Jobs movies. I liked both of them, but I liked the Ashton Kutcher one, but I don't remember it that well. I just remember liking it. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, uh, I feel it shows that, you, you know, he reads Be Here Now and he kind of is influenced by the counterculture and psychedelic experiences and then kind of takes it in a different direction but it's funny it comes full circle the movie doesn't talk about this part but when he passed on left dropped his body he said oh wow oh wow oh wow and apparently he was uh had be here now autobiography of a yogi and that sort of thing so even though he went away from it you can't go away from it you read be here now or whatever it is psychedelic or a meet a guru or meditation whatever it is you can't escape it. Like, where could you go? You're here. This is it. That's uh, indisputable. I, I, uh, you got my vote. We, we're, there's nowhere to go. We're here. Yeah, and and go back to the the supermarket. Like the Pointer Sisters came on, and I don't know if you heard this song, but I'm so excited, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that song. Yeah. So sometimes I feel I recommend for the listeners. If possible, anybody could do this potentially. So maybe not anybody. But anyway, this song comes on and it just the groove takes over. And this is a way to be a service. Like we we're talking about service with the podcast. So the service of just the vibe and grooviness. And all of a sudden the deli ladies, you know, they start grooving. And it, we're all and the, it's like spreads and like they're dancing a little bit. And it just you have to you can't come on to people though. You got to it's got to be spontaneous. Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, I feel that's what it comes down to with this stuff is, you know, like the counterculture, right? What happened? Imitators, they would come along, be coming on to people, be saying we're all one. But meanwhile, they're going on some trip. But that's what it comes down to. What's the answer to all that? Just let it happen. If your dharma is to just go through a store and just be like a, you know, just like a YOLO bucket list machine in the illusion, but you're not busy being that. You're behind it and seeing it's all one. It's just, that's how that's manifesting. It's not a big deal. Like it's, I feel it's this, the humility of seeing yourself in all is so key to it. The sense of like being like a hollow bamboo. 
you know. And and we, Danny, we are reaching near the end of the show, so people want to, you know, they're vibing with you. I want to check out something about what you're about. If you could talk a little bit about that. Oh, gee, I um, you know, I guess I've written five books. There, there, the one that I know uh, where I got to know you so well is. In Search of the Lost Chord, 1967, and the Hippie Idea, which was just sort of my attempt at doing a history of that year that I graduated from high school uh, through the prism of the countercultures, plural, which included the anti-war movement, the psychedelic movement, the Eastern spirituality and music uh, and, and the civil rights movement, uh, all of which were kind of bombarding my consciousness when I was a teenager and, and many of which still are play roles in the way I think about things. Now, I also, you know, in my past wrote a work with Nirvana as one of their managers, wrote a book about Kurt Cobain and I'm a left winger politically and I published a book last, you know, uh, about the uh, relationship between the entertainment business and, and, and Donald Trump. I also still have a little management company and I manage some artists that I really love, including Steve Earle and the Water Boys. Uh, if you haven't checked out the Water Boys, you might really like them. This guy Mike Scott is a true mystic himself. Uh, he's done a lot of, uh, you know, deeply rooted in spirituality through the prism of being a, 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 a you know, you know, first-rate uh, rock artist. Uh, and uh, you know, my teacher was named Hilda Charlton. I met her through Ramdas uh, in the early 1970s. She passed on in the 1980s, but there's a website that has some uh, pictures of her and information about her and links to some recordings of her lectures, you know, uh, hildacharlton.com. If, 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 if anyone's soul hears that name and is interested, that's a way of connecting with her. And then, of course, Ram Dass, the great teacher of uh, spirituality to the West in our lifetime, uh, you know, uh, be here, you know, I forget, There's different, you Google Ram Dass, it'll take you to the websites with his stuff. And they do such a wonderful job of putting up his uh, lectures and things on uh, YouTube in particular. There's, there's uh, you know, a, a lot of uh, rich material of his thoughts about the kind of things we're talking about today. So that's, uh, that's kind of uh, what comes into my mind to blurt out at this moment. And, and to thank you for, for uh, periodically including me in this conversation it's a very special thing to be part of you are welcome and, and thank you for doing the show again all right we good well yeah i'll close it out so this has been under the blanket with your host baba here love danny goldberg i'm nobody special i'm all of it it's all one be here now rama 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 love 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 <laughs>